Hello and welcome to Behind the Counter at the Fly Fisher, a series that aims to give you guys an insight as to what's going on behind the scenes at the shop. Come along for some shop talk, fishing reports and general fly fishing banter. Hello everyone and welcome to Behind the Counter with the team here at the Fly Fisher. This is a new format of podcast for us all. Today I've got Andrew, Ross and Max to sit down. We're going to talk through what's happening in the shop at the moment, talk about a bit about our fishing lately and fishing reports, our favourite flies at the moment and where we're fishing next. Andrew's got a bit of a problem with what I titled the uh, <laughs> run sheet of this show. Well, I just thought... I- because we were trying to come up with a name of it, just these shorter <laughs> shorter episodes. And at, in big capital letters on the top of the sheet, it says run sheet. So I thought, <laughs> I don't know, maybe this is something that the younger generation are onto. <laughs> some, some new catchy thing that they're doing. I don't know. Welcome but, uh, to the Fly Fishers run sheet, everyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, these are designed to be something a little shorter, a uh, little bit more conversational and maybe something just to get you home after a, a long day's work. Yeah, is something that, to tide you over when you, you know. That's the intention, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, so that's it. See you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, bye. <laughs> so we've been pretty busy in the shop lately. Um putting together this massive fly tying sale, like the cheapest fly tying gear you can probably get in Australia at the moment, I reckon. Definitely. Um, We seem to go through roll after roll of price stickers and Max is suffering from RSI. Mm. Mm. Are you okay over there, Max? I'm okay. Click. (laughs) (laughs) He's hearing it as he goes to sleep at night. It is. I count clicks now, not sheep. And there's some... There's some thousands of thousands of items. So I think there's like stuff here. We worked out there's what like fifteen hundred stickers on one roll, and I think you went through two rolls in the day, so you wanted to price like three thousand packets close Absolutely. to. Absolutely, <laughs> the glamorous life. Oh, of I'm going to go answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> the phone's ringing, guys. So uh, Peter's just going to take off and get that. Um, Thanks for calling, by the way. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, the there is plenty happening actually. It's been it has been fairly busy in here, you know. Like apart from, um, well, everyone just out there catching quite a lot of fish. Um, the oh, we're not recording. Are we recording? Yeah, we yeah, are. Yeah, still we are. yeah, it's gone red. We can edit that out. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, our big fly tying sale, uh, this is all stuff that we used to have in a warehouse when we, we bought Tywell quite a few years ago, um, and it was basically just sitting there gathering dust. So we brought it into the shop. The new shop allows us uh, the space to display this stuff, and there's some bloody gold in there, isn't there, Roscoe? Oh, yeah, it's unreal. I don't think you're ever going to find fly tying gear cheaper than that. I mean... And for, for any type of tying, especially saltwater, there's a lot of saltwater gear up there. And like I said before, like Maxi doing 3,000 packets a day, there's just so much of it. Like we're not – well, there's a few items of stuff that's gone, but uh, the vast majority is still here, hey? Yeah. No, the volume of it is just scary. But um, it's uh, – you know, it, it, you really, if you're in Melbourne, you should probably come in and check it out because the stuff has basically been given away. It's better on your fly time bench – uh, than it is gathering dust in a warehouse. So uh, make a trip in if you haven't already and uh, fill a basket. You'll be amazed. With a full basket, I think it comes to about 100 bucks. So Yeah, maybe less, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, everyone's amazed when they bring a huge basket up to the counter that it's, you know, 55, 56 bucks, something like that. But yeah. For a whole heap of fly tying gear and, you know, someone had dedicated fly patterns and I took them through it and everything they needed was in the sale rack, hooks included, beads. Yeah, TMCO um, hooks. TMCO hooks, yeah. 
seen a price rise fairly recently, and so now they're well, they'd be a fraction of cost. Well, we've got what um, we're selling them for. There's not a lot left, but there's still a few 100 packs there that are down to 15 bucks. So 100 bucks for 15 bucks. That's incredible. That is crazy value. Um, but yeah, so plenty of good good specials there happening in fly tying. It's fly tying season, I guess, but. Um, people have been fishing, haven't they? Oh, I mean, look at the weather outside today. It's, it's warm. Yep. And there's not a lot of wind. There's probably still too much, but it's pretty low, really. If you were keen, you'd be out there. You'd be out there on the lee shore, polaroiding with the blue sky. It would be marvellous. Uh, but we're here getting you home from work, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, we've also got free boots going at the moment. That's yeah. still continuing. Yeah, that special um, probably won't go for... A whole lot longer, actually. Well, but I think the, we're almost out of tens, aren't we? We figured that out today. Yeah, yeah. The um, the Vision Tosu boots. If you're not familiar with the boot itself, jump onto the website. Uh, one of the customers that bought them more than a year ago, he was good enough to review them. So there's a good little review from from him there as well. But basically, a super tough boot, good grip, good durability. Uh, what more could you want? And they're being given away with any way to purchase. So buy a pair of waders, get a three hundred dollar pair of boots. For free. It's That's a no-brainer. crazy. I wish this was yeah. around when I started fly fishing. <laughs> yeah. <You're> t- <laughs> I reckon I looked for ages every year, looked for ages on all the different sites to see if there was like a 10% off store wide to try and buy waders. And, you know, it was always tricky. And then you do buy the cheapest pair you can possibly find that are a no-name brand and they've got holes all the way through them within half a season. Yeah, and now you're getting name brand vision boots designed yeah. in Finland. Yep, that's right. Free. Biggest fly fishing company in Europe, and they are making waves. Actually, like their their range is pretty pretty bloody good now, and isn't it? They rods, make everything. They make yeah. everything, and yeah. their rods are exceptional. Yeah, like Korean made rods. Just I think that super you know, good. in the last twelve months, a sweet spot for them has been that Maniac series. Yeah, like have you seen how yeah. the the Nymph Maniac, the Still Maniac, and at that price point, around seven hundred bucks, they're a little bit more than a cheap rod, but yeah. they're not an expensive rod. And for what you're getting for a Korean-built fly rod, I think, you know, well, you, you just won't find better. And the Onkis as well in that 899 combo were fantastic. My starting rod, still using it almost yeah. every time I go fishing, bought another one yeah, just as a backup. It remains the most popular, popular rod from Vision, I think, the Onki. It's a, a cracker. For sure. Well, we've got something really exciting to talk about that's new in fly fishing, hey? Yeah. Well, the, the Smith <laughs> Do we? glasses. Yeah. Tell me more. Well, the new Smith low light yellow glasses. So they haven't updated the low light igniter range for a long time, and they have been the mecca in uh, X-ray through the water vision for a long time, and they've uh, updated it. They have. Now, it was a bit of a buy-up happening here in the shop when <laughs> it was announced that the low light lens was going to be discontinued by Smith Optics. I had to hip and shoulder all the stuff out of the way to make sure that um, they could at least go to the few customers we had in line for them. But, uh, yeah, it was it – was, we, we were a bit upset they were discontinuing. Yeah, we were. We? we didn't think they could improve on them. Um, we were adamant they couldn't and we basically were telling people that you probably won't be able to get something like this again. Yeah. Um, but they have knocked the ball out of the park. They've they improved have. on perfection. <laughs> Which is, yeah, I, I, I didn't think... I thought that optics had probably gone as far as it could possibly go, but, um, it, it, well, the proof's in the pudding. You put the two side by side. I've got two pairs of the old model, um, regretfully, because now I'm going to have to sell them to buy the new ones. But... Uh, <laughs> 
But yeah, the, the side by side, you can tell the difference. The colours just absolutely pop and that contrast is just a real step up, isn't it? I think the biggest thing for me is that clarity. It's like looking at the best HD, you know, ultra high definition TV and JB Hi-Fi. Like the, <laughs> the clarity is just incredible. Mm. Um, you know, the, I think that's probably the biggest thing for me as well as obviously the contrast and everything else. Yeah. That um, I met with the the product designer uh, of the original low light igniter lens, who's a, a passionate fly fisher once at a an international fly tackle dealer show, and um, really they make that lens just for the very small market of fly fishing, and they do it completely because that's his passion. It's not because that's where they're selling real volume. Uh, where they're getting volume is out of skiers, snowboarders, cyclists, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a lens that's born from the needs of fly fishers and that's why it's been such a popular lens for us in the shop for so long. And I'm just so bloody glad that mm. they were able to recreate it in a way that it's actually made it better. Yeah. I mean, I've heard this story time and time again. I'm sure you have, Andrew, that a, a guy has gone to New Zealand, spent the money um, on a good pair of Polaroids He's come into us. He's never shot with us before. Oh, this guy, he had a pair of Smiths. He could see, oh, I couldn't see a fish. I don't know how he did it. <laughs> you know, and there just is a difference, hey? There is. There is. It is a difference. You know, there's no replacing that time on the water and, and knowing what to look for, um, but certainly a good quality pair of polarized sunglasses. Uh, it will put you leagues ahead. Yeah, and we tested all the different lenses when we were at Albany, and I've done it on the bay too. And um, that one, you know, in, if you just had one pair, you'd probably pick that, hey? Yeah, yeah, I, I know with my low-light lenses, I think I've got typically weak eyes to start with, and um, at least in, in dealing with customers and talking to people, it, it seems like an older eye maybe needs more light to actually come through the lens for them to be able to see with the same level of clarity that a younger eye may. I don't know. That m- might just be a, a theory. You're a scientist now. I'm a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> Optic scientist. <laughs> Optimologist. <laughs> Optimologist. <laughs> I've tried them with my contact lenses and yeah, I think they may work even with contact lenses. That's good. Because I, I find I haven't found a pair of polarised glasses that will work with contact lenses. These, I'm getting that, that extra little, little bit of clarity. Yeah. So, so why don't they normally mind. work with a... I'm not sure. Normal sunglasses work with contact lenses, but polarised glasses you still get a little bit of blurriness. And it's very frustrating because um, that means, you know, you have to go and get special lenses made and... You know, Prescription build. glasses, they're expensive. And, and, and that's not an exact science at all. Mm. So I'm happy with my contact lenses. Mm. And if I can just put on a pair of glasses off the shelf of this quality mm. and get the clarity that I think I'm getting, can't wait to get on the water and actually try it, um, that'd be a real bonus. I know there's, there's quite a few people out there that wear contact lenses. Bloody oath. And yeah. uh, if these will report on it perhaps after I've given it a shot. Yeah. The, th- um, the one observation I've, I've had is, uh, and you, you've obviously got an issue with uh, distance vision and that's why you need the contacts, Probably the majority of people that seem to be uh, thinking that they require prescription eyewear actually have more trouble with the close-in vision mm. 
rather than the distance. Mm. And there are solutions for people that need something for close in vision with the flip down magnifiers. So or the bifocals, hey, or or bifocals. But if you're wanting to buy Smith low light igniters, the flip down magnifiers are the ultimate solution. Yeah. Well, you also you can get the standard brown lens in a in a bifocal draped from the factory as well you which can. is perfect for bright light you definitely know. that brown lens remains probably the best lens for bright light conditions um the the one sort of observation with a bifocal though might be that when you're waiting you can't really see your, your feet. feet yeah <laughs> oh, look I, I tried that start of the season <laughs> i was trying to <laughs> did you bifocal. come so I was, I was wearing contact lenses normal lens and bifocal bottom and i not good. <laughs> <laughs> like like Max after about 16 <laughs> chilly marks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was feeling nauseous. And all he um, was doing was fishing. Oh, uh, God. So off went um, the contact lenses. Uh, yeah, but you're right. Most people want that close-in vision. Mm. Uh, and some of us have uh, that longer vision that we need corrected in some way. So um, hopefully these, um, these are a great innovation you know, towards that. Well, you'll have to report back, won't you? We def- definitely will. Yeah, and no, um, no, I think yeah, like I think I've heard you in the store say that they're probably your biggest, inv- your best investment is those Polaroids. They things. are like when they first, well, when I first got a pair because they'd been out for a while before I cottoned onto them. Uh, for me, it just changed the way I fished. You know, like I just had so much more confidence seeing fish in shadows. I. They'd be standing next to a big tree looking at what's dark water and I, I I would look at it more intently knowing that I'm a bloody good chance of seeing something in there mm. despite not having the sun for it. Um, I must admit too, like um, I had what I thought was expensive, good fly fishing uh, Polaroids before and then even just taking a walk down the beach with my dog with the new ones, the water, the, cl- the clarity of looking through the water was incredible and, and they really changed my opinion on mm. On what a good lens is. Yeah. So these these new episodes, uh, what, what's it called again? Run sheet? No. Uh, behind the counter. <laughs> behind the behind counter. The counter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're designed to just go for half an hour, but we've gone off on a bit of a tangent there yeah. talking about Polaroids because there is just so much to them. But yeah, certainly Smith low light igniters. Uh, we can check just them out. we can yeah. rush through this next part and keep no. it under half an hour. No, let's not rush. <laughs> I want to keep you guys over time. Um, <laughs> so we've got a new podcast out. Well, it's yeah. out before Just this dropped. One. Just yeah. dropped. A full yeah. feature-length podcast. Yeah. Full, yeah, with guests, with <laughs> interesting people. Very interesting people. You're on there, Peter. I'm on there. <laughs> That's You're right. Very interesting We're all on there, actually. We're all on <laughs> yeah. this new one. We are. Yeah. So we, um, it's a bit of a combination of uh, our team sitting around talking about fly lines, the different densities and tapers and what have you. Um, and then we were lucky enough to be joined by uh, Renee Vaz of Manic Tackle and Andy Summers from Mayfly, who uh, distribute scientific angle lines. So um, definitely worth a lesson. Yeah, and being the distributors, they really know what they're talking about. Like they, they, they just do. they spend their days pouring over this information. They do. I think, and more than that, they've they well both of them. They've been to the facilities. They know how they're made. They know the people behind. At behind the lines, the the guys that are there designing them, coming up with these different concepts, they know it intimately. So, um, yeah, it was really interesting chatting to them, wasn't yeah. it? And no, it was, yeah. I think they've picked the eyes through um, the whole range too and they've brought in what applies to Australia. You know, there's no point putting a whole fly line range into Australia. Some of those lines don't 
really uh, find applicable here. Yeah, definitely. And in, in Airflow's case, I know in the past, and, and, and I'm pretty sure to date, they're, they're even adapting some lines to be better suited to Australian conditions. Yeah, wasn't that, was it the Flats Master that was? Flats Master was, yeah. That was Dave Bradley and Clinton Isaac and a few other guides up in Hinchinbrook that, that were probably the, the biggest driving force behind that one. And, um, yeah, it was a bloody popular line. And we're waiting to see it in the new Superflow 2.0. Yeah. Uh, coding so hopefully that'll be just as good as the old one yeah cool well i think that that's important you know because you could talk to anyone about fly lines but if it's not applicable to your area and what you're fishing and you don't know why and where they fail then um, i think it's important to talk about the guys that know about it in this country hey yeah yeah but look guys it was one of those uh podcast episodes that we sat down to record we thought yeah no we can get this done in in an hour you know everything there is to need you need to know about fly lines, but it uh, it went a bit over time, didn't it? It did an hour and forty or something. Oh, it's not over two hours in total. I, I think it was nearly uh, two hours. Yeah, but yeah, oh, it's riveting. So get across and listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, yeah, we set the scene well, and we go into some good information. Yeah, no, we definitely covered everything in that one. And um, if you listen to it, you got any questions or feedback, we'd be wrapped to know. Talking about good information, you did a presentation last night, didn't you? You've been getting around a bit, mate. I have. Yeah. I have. I've been on the circuit, as they say. <laughs> Us people in showbiz. <laughs> on tour. <laughs> <laughs> on tour. <laughs> um, yeah, I have. I've had uh, two appearances. Last night I was um, lucky enough to be invited to the Albert Park Yachting and Angling Club, uh, APIAC. Uh, very active club that has been at the base of Kerford Pier for a long, long time, amazing facility they've got there. Their club rooms are just sensational. They've got a, a boat room at the base of it, which um, they're able to pulley uh, these old clinker boats out straight over the top of the water. And uh, members there are lucky enough to jump in and, and go for a bit of a chuff around and, and catch uh, all the fish that the bay has on offer. Um, and there's some pretty good fishing down there, incidentally. Mm, yeah. No, it looks good and, yeah, like you, they catch a lot of flathead and I think snapper and snapper season. I'm pretty lucky with the snapper season. Yeah, like I see people uh, quite often walking the dog down there and see people fishing off the off the, the pier and often ask them, you know, how they're going and it's, yeah, probably nine out of ten times they're not catching anything. So I thought, oh, well, you know, Andrew Fuller's not going to go down there then. I'll just go to Frankston and jump on the boat with Ross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we really should be fishing those uh, those. Kind of like flats, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I used to fish that pier as a kid and catch snapper and garfish and, you know, flathead. Yeah. Well, yeah, one, so. of the, one of the members there that it, where that really piqued my interest, he was like, oh, yeah, I just walked the beach down here with soft plastics and catch some nice flathead. Oh. I was like, oh, <laughs> well, really? Yeah, I've, I've heard. I've got to go with a fly rod. <laughs> well, I've actually seen firsthand some guys down at, uh, I'm not going to mention the beach, but local to here, uh, catching good-sized flathead and good numbers of flathead. No on secrets fly. on this podcast, mate. Well, you know, anywhere from kind of St Kilda to Brighton. Uh, narrows oh, it down a bit. That does actually narrow but, it yeah, down. Yeah, it does, yeah. <laughs> Matt, Max touched on it. Port Phillip Bay does kind of have flats. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah. Like, well, if you've got a boat and you can get out to Mud Island yeah. and you can fish outside the marine sanctuary there, that's the best flathead fishing I've ever done. Yeah. It's like a fish every second or third cast. Yeah. Nothing big, but plentiful. Yeah. And you're catching fish. You're constantly bringing something in. Yeah. And you're in like a metre of water less than. Yeah. No, it's an interesting fishery. Um, really, why I was there was to try and introduce them to fly fishing. There was actually a few uh, few 
fly fishers that were there. There would have been half a dozen of them, I reckon, that were are members of the VWFA and, and other places. But they, um, so it was good to catch up with them. But my talk was really structured around selling fly fishing to uh, to a bunch of baitos and people that are just generally interested in the outdoors because not all their members even fish. Um, it's, I guess, a bit of a social club as much as it is a fishing club. But they are very active and doing a bloody great job at, at trying to uh, manage, help manage the fishery there and, and be generally involved in political um, issues and, and things with the best interests of, of recreational fishing. So hats off to the guys at Appiak and really appreciate it. Uh, them all having us um, but yeah that wasn't the only uh, little thing I had the pleasure of doing in the last week but I was actually on ABC radio with um, with Dave Astle. Dave Astle does a, a show called Late Nights on ABC radio and he has a segment there near the end where where he talks about uh, terms used in particular uh, recreations and activities that maybe people haven't heard of so um, it's a it's a good listen you can you can actually log online uh, it was uh, recorded last Tuesday so um, get on board that and uh, and have a bit of a listen but we went into various terms including uh, boobies um, that was a that was a good one euro nymphing went down pretty well as well you said streamers gink Yes, yep, streamers, gink. Yeah, I, I got in trouble by the ABC for, for bringing up gink, being a brand name. I didn't even think of that before going in right. there, but no brand names. But that didn't stop David from giving the fly fisher a very good plug <laughs> on ABC radio. So your tax, taxpayer dollars at work. Thanks, guys. No, that was uh, no, that was good. I tuned in and thoroughly enjoyed it. But, um, yeah, have you, well, have, is there any talks or things coming up? Isn't there colder fly fishing come and try day or something? Yeah, when that's November <laughs> or... Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know the exact date. So. But yeah, we'll anyway, we'll let watch you all know. Yeah, watch this watch space. It, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but, um, yeah, we're doing a little bit of a presentation there and we'll be exhibiting a bit of gear there as well and it'll generally just <laughs> be good to, to get to the call to fly fishers <laughs> and say hello to all the members. There's a couple of things... Probably in the pipeline that we'll do before then too. I think we want to get rid tag fly fishers in here for a, a talk on fly fishing the bay, don't we? Yep, yep, that'll and be a good one. We're thinking about hosting a fly fishing film shh, festival. Shh, shh. <laughs> yeah, keep <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Starring so us. Um, <laughs> just us, <laughs> just us, <laughs> <like> acting. <laughs> Come and the watch theater. us. <laughs> home, home movies, role, role play. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, we've got some very old footage we want to show you guys from our, our trips when we were just learning how to fly fish. <laughs> very entertaining. Um, but no, it is a, a legit fly fishing film festival. Um, it, it, Nick, it's been put together by uh, someone with a much better reputation than us in Nick Raygart of Gin Clear Media. Um, he's the guy who ran the fly fishing film festival throughout Australasia for uh, more than a decade. Um, but he's maintained it in Europe, actually, so it still runs pretty strong there and in South America, I believe. So those films that were, were showcased uh, to all the fly fishers in those countries are coming to Australia, and we've got it exclusive. Ooh, exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're in Melbourne, um, keep an eye out for it, and, yeah, we'd love to, love to have you along. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Sounds like lots of fun. We've got a uh, someone coming from over the ditch, don't we? Next we week? do, yeah. All this travel opening up now. Yeah, 
So I'm very excited for it. Really? This, this you want to you see Renee that bad? <laughs> well, you've pumped him up that much. You've got I'm a bit of a crush on him. Mate, <laughs> 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 yeah, every day. Dinner with Renee next man. Tuesday. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. just cancelled this trip. <laughs> <laughs> Renee, we can't wait to see you. It's been too long. Um, but yeah, Renee is the, the owner of Manic Tackle Project. Um, we've worked alongside him for a long, long time. He's definitely one of our mates in the industry and a bloody good fly fisher and um yeah look forward to catching up with him talking a bit of bit of shop talk and uh and no doubt it'll um it'll turn into a bit of fishing talk and then maybe drinking, a podcast drinking drinking far too many beers at the end of the night i'm sure yeah maybe even a podcast before then yeah we'll oh. definitely try and sit him down and um you know while he's we'll probably feed him a couple of drinks before we get going just to to make sure that he's uh you know in a, in a chatty mood yeah that's it um, do we want to fly around and do a quick fishing report? Yeah, well, go on then. You start uh, us off, Peter. All right. I've been fishing the lakes a bit, um, as you've heard on previous podcasts, making the trip up the western. Huge lake fisherman now. Yeah, huge. <laughs> no, I wouldn't know what a stream is. Um, yeah, they've been good. Uh, the wind's a bit of a pain at this time of year, but getting you know a couple of fisher sessions really good, just pulling wets. They're starting to midge now, I've heard. I haven't had the chance since... since um, since that news has come out. But, yeah, Moorable's starting to have a bit of a midge happening. Um, and, yeah, all the other lakes are still producing. So get excited for springtime lake fishing. It's going to be great. It will be good. You know, everything's in such good shape. Yeah. Um, you did some fishing, didn't you, Maxie? A couple of weeks ago now, probably too long. Um, heading up again to the West Coast in a few weeks. I'll have some... Uh, some fresher information then. But, uh, you know, the talk around town is the brim fishing is quite reasonable. Um, there's a great uh, report by Philip Weigel in Flystream magazine, which is now a week or so ago, and they had some terrific fishing uh, for brim and estuary perch around the t- that Tarwin uh, estuary area. So... Um, uh, we have the, the lakes as a winter option, but we also have the estuaries as a winter option. Just as a little side note, a young friend uh, was fishing for brim um, in an estuary in Tasmania and um, ended up catching a stonking brown trout Ooh, of about Sarah. four, or I think it would have been four pounds. Beautiful So fish. it could, yeah, it could be the start of the sea runners over there or it could have been a resident, I'm not quite sure. But uh, you know, strip, strip bottom of the you know of the sand, uh, using uh, probably a hammerhead and, and a big trout. Just you know, went for it, unreal, eh? and uh, and grabbed it. So yeah. he he was very very pleased. Uh, so um, yeah, so that's uh, that. That was quite an interesting little uh, little side note. Does that happen? Uh, often the brim trout crossover. Yes, yes, it does. That oh. actually happened two weeks ago. Um, uh, again, Philip, mm. he caught a one pound. Brown, mm. probably three hundred meters from where the waves breaking uh, in one of the in one of the estuaries near Apollo Bay, and yeah. is and still legal to fish it like this time of year too. Well, yes, we're fishing uh, the legal part of uh, yeah, that's what of, I mean, uh, yeah. of the year, of course. But uh, the, the the trout will come in and out of the estuaries, the sea runners. They will hang around estuaries. Often you hear of uh, of good 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 brown trout being caught by by uh, brim fishermen. Mm. Not, they're not necessarily ba- um, fly fishing, 
Mm. But it's just interesting that they do catch them very, very close to the ocean. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And I, I did read that one from Phil. It sounds like the estuary fishing has really overshadowed the lake fishing this winter for him. Well, that, that seems like it. It seems like it. It's, it's been good. Um, mind you, he's, he's ha- I think he's had a fair go with the lakes as oh, well. It seems <laughs> like he fishes lakes every day of his life <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's out there doing it. There's no doubt about that. He, uh, he fishes a lot. Uh, Roscoe, been out on the bay lately? Uh, I fished Saturday and Sunday. I fished Western Port on Saturday, but it was more of a, you know, when you don't catch anything, you call it a scouting mission. <laughs> but um, no, I found some good kind of little reefs and, and flat areas out of Western Port, not too far away from home. Uh, I want to give them a proper go. I probably wasn't geared up right. I actually think I want to fish it with a floating line, mm. just a bit too shallow. Uh, and then I had a good crack for some brim in um, Cananook Creek, where kind of Patterson Lakes flows into Cananook. I got some. Uh, of an ex-employee, Jesse Rotten, he um, he said that that was a good spot. But uh, Rotten, Rotten, yeah, not, he's not Rotten. No, <laughs> I'm not rotten. that's it. Rotten, <laughs> Rotten. Um, must be an accent thing. Let's blame it on that. Um, I had uh, my daughter on my back in a backpack, so it wasn't you know it wasn't a dedicated fishing trip. And um, no, I have been fishing the bay a little bit uh, lately, and um, got the odd. The odd salmon and, and stuff. But, yeah, it hasn't been great, I must admit. Like, the last couple of weeks have been tricky. Uh, yeah, I can't give you a, any any crazy report. But I did speak to Cam McGregor on the phone today, and he had done a sneaky little trip to Bermagui. And right. S- yeah, and he said it was some of the best estuary fishing he's ever done. Mm. 30, 30 fish a day. <laughs> yeah. Again, giving away all the spots. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Don't call us and give us reports. We'll tell everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, that East Coast, though, it's uh, it's Mecca, really. Oh, I don't it? think that it's any of, secret. You know, yeah. it's not. No, but yeah. maybe not as discovered on the fly. Definitely, as you know, there are people. There's definitely yeah. people doing. Yeah, it. there is, but it's not like you know. I haven't been for twenty years, and I'm I'm I really I'm busting to go. Sounds like a bit of a est- shop trip should be happening. The estuaries <laughs> and uh, the, the beaches location. and drop-offs, my God. It'll be, uh, I think it's, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of fly fishing paradise over there. I really talked about. Yeah. I think really everyone thinks that Bermagiri is a game fishing ter- t- you know, town. Yeah. Well, I guess it's a long, those towns are a long way from anywhere, aren't they? You've got to be, you've got to be very keen to get there in the it's first place. It's a long place. drive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one bloke who's, uh, Who's normally around the table with us? Bumbling around the table. He's bumbling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Our bumbling friend, uh, Forbes Linderman. Um, <laughs> it's funny. He's one of those guys you need to say his surname <laughs> as well as his first name. Why is that? It's just yeah, such, it's a, great so such yeah, a great name. Such a great And he is a Forbes Linderman. He's not a Forbes. <laughs> <laughs> so Forbes Linderman is uh, up in Cairns at the moment with uh, the great man Al Simpson. Um, Hopefully, uh, being put onto some some fish up there. We haven't heard anything as yet. But Not really. No, he's very quiet. He has. Yeah, I think he's. Um, well, he's up there with his his better half, and maybe hasn't been allowed to pick up the fly rod yet, just yet, or I don't know. But I know he's got a few days locked in with Al, so I want to see some uh, some grip and grins. <laughs> I did get a text from Al earlier in the week saying that the weather's going to be pretty sublime on Friday, Saturday being tomorrow. So with a bit of luck, Forbes will be out there and catching some pretty bloody good flat species just off cans. No, that's good. And I guess where are we going next? I know that we've got a kind of loose plans to go some cod fishing. 
Loose. Medium loose. Medium loose. <laughs> yeah. We want to head up to Ilden and um, great time of year to do that in winter when uh, the the fish guard nests and uh, I've definitely seen a few whopping cod being pulled out over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. No, it would be bloody good to get one of those monsters on a fly rod. Oh, it seems crazy. What do you need for them, like a 16 weight? <laughs> <laughs> you probably wished you had a 16 yeah. weight when you hooked up, but I think a 16 weight casting it all day yeah, would be no. bloody no. hard work. Yeah, it's right. yeah, three days of, of probably 10,000 casts a day. Yeah, that's it. Mate, I don't know how you fit fishing in and amongst making chilies. Like, look at this. We've got a big We've box a of chilies cover, here. A random cup of chilies <laughs> yeah. on the table. There's <laughs> two varieties here. Don't ask me to name them, but I, I've actually strung the big ones up and, and air-dried them and uh, got some fresh chilies, smaller ones down the bottom. We're very giving here at the Fly Fisher. Um, you normally bring lemons in. I do, yeah. The lemons have been very fruitful of late. Um, and <laughs> I hate admitting it, but I've got a big cake sitting at home and it's just too good to bring in for you boys. <laughs> oh, come on, on. It's not one of those gin cakes, is it? It is the gin oh, cake. You got <laughs> that's so good. They are. They're amazing. It thanks, uh, thanks, Lauren. You should, should, she should have done two. One for the boys here and one for you. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you. T- you can yeah. tell her that for next time. <laughs> yeah. Sure, it'll go down like a lead balloon. Do you reckon she uh, listens to the podcast? Uh, no, we're actually very safe. <laughs> My wife, Lauren, is definitely not listening to the podcast. <laughs> she has to put up with enough of me talking at home. <laughs> Where are you off to next, Peter? Um, probably hit the lakes a couple more times and then, you know, once river opening weekend opens up, I won't be in this shop anymore. Sorry, Andrew, I'll be, you know. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Staff shortages yeah. are hitting everyone, aren't they? Yeah, um, yeah up, up around Marysville, probably every day, camping wherever I can and, you know, catching... Oh, well. Uni takes a back seat too then, I guess. Yeah, no, uni grades severely decline. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, hopefully get over to Tassie later this year, kind of trying to plan that. Yeah, it's got to be be on the radar, I think, for everyone. You know, there's – it's in pretty good shape. Should be be a good season. Yeah, I think other than, you know, just focusing more on the next week or two weeks, if uh, what the options are, not that we're necessarily doing it, but, um, I mean, like we've already touched on uh, the lakes, we've already touched on cod, but there are a couple of rivers that are still legal to fish, hey, uh, out west, like far west. the Marai. Marai and the Hopkins, isn't that right? Maxie. Or are you keeping that? Pretty seat? quiet. Yeah, there, oh, mate. look, <laughs> the day are open. Cat got your tongue there, Max. <laughs> yeah, did. I'm not talking about this. <laughs> yeah, look, look, there are, and you can put in a lot of lot of hours, you know, trying to catch trout. Um, We've seen some good reports though, haven't we? Yeah, in the last yeah. little while. But the beauty of that is that you can you can put in a bit of time trying to catch trout, and then you've got uh, all the uh, estuary species that you can target, you know, five minute five minutes away, or, or almost, you know, simultaneously. If you had a choice anywhere in Victoria right now uh, that's obviously legal to fish, where would you go? Um, look, today has been such a, a warm day, yep. you, know, um, you know, and it's been a bleak winter. So we're all sort of thinking streams at the moment. But I'm actually quite excited to get back to the West Coast in a week or so and uh, and just have a look at uh, those estuary species. I'm also getting quite a few reports of the salmon run is still quite strong all the way through there. So maybe just some, some beach or rock fishing, um, you know, just chucking clouds as about and trying to catch a few salmon. 
Are oh. we jumping the gun and saying that maybe this weather is a bit of a change of the seasons? Is it happening? No, it's not. It's, yeah. it's, jumping. <laughs> Fake news, <laughs> it's just getting our hopes up. <laughs> it is. It's been a very cold, uh, reasonably wet winter, which is fantastic. It's actually good for, for fishing. That's what we want. I think this time of year for people that enjoy their midge fishing, it's that that in between spring and winter that that is that is peak midge time, isn't it? You know, mm, so yeah. and that uh, correlates with fly sales, I think, as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, buzzers have gone ballistic. Yeah, selling a, a lot of buzzers. They're pretty much being cleaned out. Uh, big fulling mill order in transit as we speak. So uh, the fly bins will be well oh, topped great. up. Again, mm-hmm. very soon. <laughs> <laughs> Peter's happy. <laughs> Don't you tie your own, mate, like a, yeah. a real fly fisher? Yeah, sure. When I find time <laughs> between uni and you trapping me in this shop. Oh, trapping. <laughs> He's paid way too much to be here talking fishing. Yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, it's great. Um, just a, you know, a mic controller. It's a pretty easy job. <laughs> He's just a button pusher. Yeah, button pusher. Uh, <laughs> it's a big red button too. It's not that hard, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Max could do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so I it's, bu- well, Flies of the Week. Oh, yeah. Buzzer going to be, yeah. was that a lead on to the Fly yeah. of the Week? It can be. Do you want it to be? Oh, I don't want that to be my Fly of the Week. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, no, I'm going to go back. Because, you know, we've already gone over time. So I just wanted to focus on, uh, for the trout fisher, the things that are really happening right now. Um, another couple of waters which we haven't mentioned uh, yet is Parambit and Bullenmary. Um, oh, yeah. 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 Full of tiger trout. Uh, they seem like an easier species of trout to catch. I say that, but no doubt I'll go down there and just get completely skunked. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, anyone who's been there has been catching good numbers of fish. Lots so. of good reports out of there. Worth every a shot. day, yeah. And if you've got a boat, um, it's the perfect boat. Both those waters are perfect for boating. So dust it off, charge the electric batteries and get down there. That's it. Only two hours from Melbourne. So yeah, you thought doable. it was much further. So. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was further. Because I've driven there before and, and thought, oh, you know, that was, that, that was a fair high. Not the most thr- thrilling drive. It's not, yeah. But at this time, definitely worth it. So get down there. Tullarup is still fishing well as well. Um, all those Ballarat lakes are in great shape. So uh, plenty of options for people chasing trout. So with flies of the week, oh, is it one fly per person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it is. And we're Go not on, Ross. What we, do you want to say? I don't know. I, I'm not, I, haven't, I didn't I don't know. I haven't really thought about <laughs> yeah. it. So these are surprise flies. Like um, none of us have discussed amongst each other what fly they're going to name. So we may name the same fly, but that'd be kind of weird. But then we are... Should we do it in like three, two, one? We all say <laughs> the same <laughs> We all turn up to work wearing the same shirt too. So, yeah. you know, maybe it's not so weird. <laughs> oh, maybe Maxi, you can go first. What's well, I didn't know we were doing this. So I didn't well, know. Well, you, had run, you had run sheet in front of you. <laughs> Where does it say about the fly of the week? <laughs> Flies of the week. Oh, <laughs> right in front of my face. <laughs> every, every, not, yeah. It says everyone talks about their favourite flies, but that could take all night, so let's just do fly. Well, oh, look, yeah. I'm going to go... I'm going to go the BMS because it, it catches trout, it catches brim, and it potentially uh, is a killer fly for sea runners. You know next week you've got to pick a different fly, though. I can I'll pick a different fly. <laughs> no problem at all. Ross? Uh, no, leave me till the end. I'm still thinking. <laughs> Andrew? <laughs> Kingfisher Copper. Oh, yeah, no, that's a good one. 
Yeah, the old Kingfisher copper. So this is a fulling mill fly. It's like a it's a damselly pattern, but rather than being olive like most of them, it's kind of got a caramel brown colour to it and with copper tinsel in the tail. Um, it's I've caught some great fish on it and I've got a huge amount of confidence in fishing it. Um, so Kingfisher copper. I do have one and it would be uh, like a spawning shrimp because I've been tying lots of those and they seem to catch everything in the bay. And that's where I've and been. And they look cool too. They look They're great. I like tying them. A uh, bit of a complex fly with lots of different bits and pieces. And no, um, and it's, it just catches everything. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it just does. It's just food, mate. Just food. It's just <laughs> food. Fucking food. In the great words of Muzzles. Oh, Wilson. now we have to put the, the explicit language logo up. Yeah. Thanks, Peter. Yeah. Yeah. It was going so yeah. well, too. <laughs> Losing all the children listening to our podcast. But that's the beauty of fly fishing. Uh, you know, we give the fly life. We actually, through twitching and, and uh, you know, figurating and stripping, we actually make it look like something that's living. That's, that's one of the exciting things about what we do. It is, yeah. No, it doesn't just swim like a lure in in a one dimensional fashion, does it? That's it. Mm. Yeah, I think right. going, you know, shrimp's probably one, one, been one of the hardest fish flies I've had to fish because you have to move it like a shrimp or a prawn yeah, actually yeah. would. You can't just, you know, cast it out and strip it back. It doesn't work. That's right. It won't eat it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they won't. Eat no, it. they don't eat it. <laughs> no, so they definitely don't eat it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Peter, uh, orange beadhead magoo. Oh, yeah, I know. We've boring. heard it all before. But they're so easy to tie. <laughs> yeah. It's like dubbing. You can put a bit of a collar hackle on it and a bit of marabou for the tail and you're done. So we've got you three streamer patterns. Yeah. Well, it's that time of year. It so is. So maybe is. we'll make this a bit more of a seasonal selection of flies that we'd want to head out with right now. Yeah. So yeah. well done. I yeah, think that's, that's good. But yeah, orange beadhead magoo, it's a nice fly. It's a nice it fly. It is. And you can tie different. You can put flash in it. You can put different colour flash in it and you can put no flash in it. Yeah. It works. Put a bead on, leave a bead off. That's it. Different um, different length tails. Um, yeah, it's great. Versatile. Yeah. You catch multiple species. Redfin. Don't yeah. get represented enough in the fly fishing. You know, they taste great. <laughs> we, had the, <laughs> uh, we had the inventor of the Magoo in last week as yeah, well. That's oh right, we yeah, did too. We did, yeah. Yep. Yep. That was pretty, pretty cool. Pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, Vern Barbie, for those who don't know. But, um, yeah, good to always catch up with him and get a, a bit of a, a rundown as to what's happening on the lakes out of Ballarat. But, um, yeah, that is a, an unbelievably good fly, no doubt. Yeah, and that's, that's it. Well used, I think, and well known. Yeah. All right. Um, thanks, for everyone, for joining us on the first episode of Run Sheet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, behind, it's behind the counter. Yeah, behind the counter, yeah. Behind well, the counter. Um, probably going to be called Run Sheet now. It, it's, yeah. a, it's an evolving title. <laughs> we'll, we'll, it will come up yeah. as a work in progress. <laughs> um, give the other podcasts a listen on Flylines. Hopefully it they clears it, up you, uh, clears it up for you a bit. Any confusion that you might have, we hope we've, uh, yeah, cleared it all up. All right. Until next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.